Cut down day eve. 49ers need to get to 53 men by Tuesday. We are projecting what that roster will look like and the toughest decisions for the San Francisco 49ers, including the Bosa holdout, which might actually help the 49ers for at least the next 48 hours. Coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Love all the everydayers out there. Make sure you are one. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers brought to you by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I want to begin on defense, Croc, as it pertains to the San Francisco 49ers 53 man roster and how this is going to go because there's one huge key right now. We got to start with Nick Bosa. And this is something I didn't really think about or realize until Cam Inman uh, reported about it yesterday. And the list that that Nick Bosa is on right now because he's holding out is the reserve slash did not report list. So uh, since Nick Bosa is on the reserve did not report list, uh, players on that list do not count against the roster limit nor the salary cap. So... Right now, Nick Bosa is not a member of the San Francisco 49ers roster as it counts for, uh, you know, for purposes of counting that 53-man roster. So this actually helps. That actually opens up a roster spot for the 49ers Tuesday, and they can keep one more player and then eventually have to make that one player space again later once Nick Bosa does sign. So even if Nick Bosa was flying into Santa Clara right now to sign. He probably wouldn't sign until after Tuesday now. So that is one extra roster spot and one bonus of Nick Bosa holding out just for the next day or two. And then I'm sure they need to get back in and get this thing done. And that really helps really the the younger guys, right? Some guys that you might want to keep, but you don't want to expose them to, uh, you know, having to clear the waiver wire and why that helps. Even though the waiver wire kind of continues for a few days, you have your initial wave. And then some people where they're looking to see like, okay, who got, let go. And there's some movement after that as well. But for some of these younger guys that you don't want to expose it, it, it really helps having that extra, especially if it's a week or, you know, three, four days after, because everybody else now they make their moves. If you remember back to the original time that Jeremy McNichols was on the 49ers, you know, he was someone that ended up signing with the 49ers practice squad from another team. Like you're looking for those guys that you potentially can get. Now let's say Jeremy McNichols, uh, you know, was on the Buccaneers or whatever team it was. I think it was the Bucks for four or five more days. Well, the 49ers already now at this point fill their practice squad. They already fill their roster. So everything is pretty much set. And then all of a sudden, if he would have gotten released, he might have just been out there just floating around and until maybe there was an injury or something. So I think for the 49ers, if they plan on bringing any of these guys back on practice squad, uh, having that opportunity to kind of wait because of the Nick Bosa uh, lack of signing, I think it definitely helps them. You, you, you use that to your advantage for sure. Also on the Bosa note, uh, Ian Rappaport late last week, 
said that he it seemed like maybe there was not a lot of conversations going on between Nick Bosa and the San Francisco 49ers and that maybe this holdout could actually get into the regular season. And today, Croc, he was on with, and both of you, both you and I just listened to it. Um, he was on with McAfee on Monday. And he, I don't know if this is him backtracking on it, but he said there at least was some conversations now. And remember, the 49ers flagship station, KMBR, is the one that had that interview with Ian Rappaport. And then it was taken down from their website and from their, their podcast feeds. And I think it's because the 49ers didn't want, you know, to be leaking. And this is, this is huge with the 49ers, the whole Lynch Shanahan era. They, they haven't liked to leak. And, um, you know, and so far Bosa's side, Bosa's agents and the 49ers hadn't really said anything about the negotiations. It was just really kind of silent and, you know, everything's fine. And I think the 49ers don't want to be one of those organizations that leaks, but I think they did tell Ian Rappaport something because he's also the one that was first with the Trey Lance trade news. So I think they might've told him about that as well. And maybe Rappaport wasn't supposed to go live with that information. So uh, I don't know if Rappaport's backtracking because he, he doesn't necessarily want to put that out there. And the 49ers asked him not to, but maybe they have talked since as well. And so maybe there is, they are, there is a little more conversation now in the last, you know, few days or week but um bosa right now the signing does not look as imminent and maybe that worry is a little still heightened from where we thought it was i'll tell you one thing they they have to get this deal done right and again take your time but at least have something where we've agreed upon even if we want to hold off on you know three or four days to make it official what does this defense look like without nick bosa because right now, when I'm seeing certain things happen, or maybe them not truly getting to the uh, pass, uh, the, the quarterback, or maybe they have to bring certain blitzes and stunts to kind of get that type of pressure, those aren't things that you have to do when you have Nick Bosa out there and kind of expose yourself on the back end. So all the, you know, these gaping runs, getting four, five, six yards per clip, uh, running straight up the middle. You know, I've always just said, well, that's because, well, there's no Nick Bosa and the other guys. Well, if you have to potentially go into a game without Nick Bosa, what does the defense then look like? And I've talked about how they don't have a lot of the freaks, right? Obviously, you have a special talent in Fred Warner, but just even then, from the linebacker standpoint, he does a lot of terrific things at a very high level. He's not this 4-3-40 linebacker that has, like, that kind of speed. He's terrific. He's good. But... It's not like he's the fastest guy, you know. So when you see a guy like Kelly break off this crazy run on the 49ers and run 75 yards to the end zone, those things kind of scare me. If there's more attention that has to be given to Nick Bosa, does it help somebody else come clean and be able to clean that tackle up before it even happens? Like, I don't know what the snowball effect of not having him is, and I don't think I want to find out. Yeah, you don't want the back seven to become the back six, right? All right because it opens a little bit more space. And I don't think Kyle Shanahan wants that either. Um, you mentioned, Croc, what is the defense going to look like? Well, let's talk about what the rest of that defense is going to look like here with our 53-man roster projection. And luckily, we don't have to count Bosa in that right now. And that could also leave an opportunity to, say, keep a guy that you want to put on IR to return. Because what happens with the injury stuff is if you put a player on IR right now before cutdown day, that player is gone for the year, they're on injured reserve. So a player to be able to return from injured reserve has to first make the 53-man roster before they can be placed on IR. So that Bosa spot right now could be a spot that does actually stay open because one of the players that makes the roster, like let's say 
McLeod or Danny Gray or one of these players that that got deemed up in the preseason, if they wanted to put them on IR to create a spot, but then designate them to return, they'll be able to do that because they have one extra spot to work with. And so then, you know, that Bosa spot that's open now would still be open later because Bosa would replace the guy that went on IR after he signed. And then you can still keep the players that you wanted to. So you wouldn't actually lose a player, at least right now. So um, that's how some of those mechanics work. One of those players, actually, we'll get to Cameron Latu and what it looks like for him with a red shirt season, uh, which is kind of, I don't want to say good. You never want to root for injury for a player, but I think it just, it, it turns out to be a good situation for the 49ers with Cam Latu and, and maybe redshirting him on, on IR, but really quick, let's go through the locks on the defensive line right now. Bosa does not count. Currently you have Hargrave and Armstead and I would say Drake Jackson is still a lock, right? Yeah. Are there any locks to you beyond that on the defensive line? Cleveland Farrell, Javon Kinlaw is even a lock at this point. Uh, Kerry Hyder, I had them all making the roster for me, but I don't know that they're locked. Did you see when Javon Kinlaw was in that game against the Chargers? I mean, third quarter, fourth quarter, I'm seeing Kinlaw still in the game getting snaps. I, I saw the same thing. Uh, and Drake Jackson was in there late as well. And, you know, it was the twos that played a lot in that game, so that's part of it. But um, generally, if you're if the final preseason game, you're in the game in the fourth quarter, it's not a great sign for you in a lot of cases. So... Um, I, I just don't think there's a lot of pl- players I can look at the roster on the defensive line because it's not that deep either to say, oh, Kinlaw is going to get surprisingly cut for blank because I don't think that player exists either. I always talked about it. The 49ers defensive line is only deep with depth if Bose is out there and Drake Jackson has to be good. If, if, if you have those guys, Drake Jackson takes that next step, which I don't know if we have – the evidence that that is 100% the case, right? I think people are optimistic, though. If you're good there, then, like, yeah, then now the others you're, you're, you're fine with. And I like what I've seen from Cleveland Farrell. Matter of fact, we talk about that kind of starting edge rusher. You know, Cleveland, he seems like a guy who they are giving a lot of reps to. And I remember at some points in the game, I keep seeing number 94 pop up, and I'm like, oh, man, good job, Amenahu. Oh, wait, that's not Amenahu anymore. <laughs> that's Cleveland Farrell, all right? Yeah. But you're going to need – Drake Jackson to be a guy because then now whatever you get from Cleveland Farrell is a plus as opposed to Drake not taking that next step. Then all of a sudden you have to rely on Cleveland Farrell to get pressure when that initially wasn't likely going to be his role heading into the season. So that's when the depth starts to look a little funny because now it's like, well, okay, Cleveland Farrell, okay, Kerry Hyder. Now, now we need you guys to actually be good because we're in the same spot we were last year where I thought that the, Pass rush kind of lacked a little bit. It's Bosa and the crew, and that's not a good position to be in. Let's project the rest of the depth on that defensive line next, and uh, and we'll get to all of the 53 men that we believe will make the San Francisco 49ers roster to start 2023 next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. August is here. August is nearly over. You know what that means? It's the official Fantasy football drafting month. I just did a, a big draft this weekend with some dudes. It was a whole lot of fun. And I got ready I got ready for my fantasy football drafts by going to Underdog Fantasy and doing best ball drafts. All you do is you do one live stake, uh, snake draft at Underdog Fantasy. No waivers, no trades. Underdog automatically sets your best lineup every single week. That's why it's called best ball. You don't have to set those lineups. Whatever your number one scores would have been every week, those are the points that you get all season long. So it's just draft and, and you let it go. And it's a ton of fun to do. 
and you can try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament, the largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger with $15 million of total prizes, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. So try out that underdog best ball to get ready for your drafts this coming Labor Day weekend, where I know is probably the biggest drafting weekend of the year. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them on the App Store and sign up with promo code LOCKEDON to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's underdog fantasy promo code LOCKEDON. I've got nine defensive linemen making the roster. And that would be 10, including Bosa. But I think the D-line and the wide receiver are where there's the most maneuverability in what the 49ers do with their 53. So here's uh, the beginnings of my roster for the 49ers on the defensive line. And I've got nine total I think that they're going to keep. It's it's Hargrave, Armstead, Farrell, Jackson, Kinlaw, Hyder, which is eight. Uh, I'm sorry, which is um, six which gives us wiggle room for a couple more guys, and you don't even have to include Bosa, but maybe we can get down to eight with Bosa being the ninth and then give us an extra spot somewhere else on the roster. Um, the other players that could make the D-line are Robert Beal, the rookie, who I I wouldn't know him if I walked across. I don't even know what number he wears. We haven't seen him yet. So I don't know where he's at. Is he going to be a redshirt guy for the 49ers? you got Kevin Givens, who's been up and down in the preseason. you got Alex Barrett who's uh, flashed some plays, number 58 in the preseason. You've got Kalia Davis and Ty McGill in the middle. You've got Marlon Davidson, who's made some flash plays as well. And then um, the other edge guy that I didn't mention yet is Austin Bryant. So who do you like out of that group? I do like Austin Bryant. He's somebody, and I'm looking at my handy-dandy notes right there with the kind of 53-man breakdown that I have. I have Austin Bryant on here. Okay. Uh I think the interesting one is probably going to be a guy like Alex Barrett, who people aren't really talking about, but I've seen him make some flash plays as well. So can Barrett potentially kind of be there around for the 49ers? Uh, Kerry Hyder, it feels like he's kind of the gift that keeps on giving. A lot of it felt more like hustle plays, but if you just know, hey, at, you know, this can be a guy you can kind of pencil him in for about four to six sacks, I think the 49ers would definitely take that especially when you don't know exactly what we're going to get from some of the other guys. So I have him making it. I think one of the guys where I'm interested to see, kind of the, the X-Factor guy, T.Y. McGill, he's more of a veteran guy there. Uh, we saw some good plays. There was a terrific hustle play in one of these games where he turned around on the screen and chased down a guy from behind, pushed the pocket, got a sack. But other than that, a little shaky in the Raiders game and a little quiet in the Chargers game. But, you know, can McGill be a guy who, again, that veteran type guy. And this 49ers are building their roster around a lot of veterans, guys that just, this is my role and I can do these things pretty well, you know, on top of having what you have in front of you, which is the big dogs, the Eric Armstead's, the uh, uh, Hargraves, and, and obviously like Nick Bosa whenever he returns. So uh, I think you need a guy like McGill that is a veteran, understands how to prepare and just knows how to just go out there and just do his job on the in the 15 snaps that he might get. So you're going McGill over last year's rookie sixth rounder, Kalia Davis? I, I think so. I think Davis is somebody that they probably like to bring back on practice squad. Okay. Uh, what about Beal for you? We haven't seen anything from him. So he's either going to make the roster blind kind of. Uh, he's gonna, There's going to be a mysterious injury and he's going to go on IR or he's going to get waived and the 49ers can try to bring him back to the practice squad. He's... Did he play in the Chargers game? Because he's been banged up. I know that. And then play in the first two games. I thought he was supposed to be back and was seen on the practice field, but I just don't remember seeing him in any of the games. But I, he might have played. 
I just don't remember seeing it. Here's the thing for especially the defensive line and edge. There are a lot of positions where you come in and it's kind of hard to find exactly what your role is. That might be the case for like Bill, right? Ronnie Bill, where it's like, well, only so many balls go around. We have a lot of these guys. So, Bill, we really like you. You'll be out there and maybe you're active on game day. Maybe you're not, but everybody has their role, whatever. And you know who the big dogs are. As far as pass rushers go for a guy like Bill, when you have a roster that this loaded, you typically don't expect to have like a real opportunity, especially for late round guys, right? It might be the case for the linebacker position. Like, is D winners going to make it? Is Jalen Graham going to make it? It feels like they might, but you're going to have to let go some other guys that you probably really like. The edge rushers is not like that. Like, if Bill just came in and did his thing and was solid, like he would make it over a guy like Kerry Hyder. Hard, Hard, and the fact that you just we don't even know if he's played right now. Like, it's like, I don't think he's playing. I think he's just been hurt. But I, has he been out there? We don't know what number he is. We don't know what his face looks like. I think that's like a red flag. And I'd assume we'll make it to, to more towards either practice squad or they might just wave him and, you know, just wave him altogether and not care if he's a guy that returns to practice squad. Right. But, yeah, I mean, and you never – you wave a guy, you have to be prepared to le- lose him completely. So – He's got to get back to your practice squad and, and clear waivers first. So for a fifth-round pick, that's sometimes tough to do. So I have Beal on my roster, but we could put a pin in the D-line and come back to that and see how many spots we actually have left over if you want to do that. Yeah. Okay, so linebacker. I got five. What do you got? I have five. Is it Warner, Greenlaw, Burks, Graham, and Winters? It is, yeah. <laughs> so we're on the same page with that. We're on agreement there. And that's just going with the rookies and not carrying a sixth linebacker. And, you know, I think Demetrius Landing and Falls has been a, a nice player, but, I, you know, I think you don't, it doesn't hurt to lose him like it would to one of your rookies and what they could be for you long term. Between Flanagan Fowles and uh, McCrary Ball, I and think Rock. those are two guys where you hope to be able to bring one of those guys back as a veteran on practice squad. Yeah, or both. So maybe, maybe one of them, maybe you release you release both of them or wave them. One of the guys signs with another team, but can I just bring this one guy back? Can you get one of those two guys back? And then right. there's Chris Robinson as well, who I put last on that list, and he's uh, worked in with the special teams a, a lot. But, you know, I, I think he's for sure going to be a, a more of a practice squad player than a 53-man player. That brings us to the defensive backs, Croc. Uh, I, we we got so let's go four. Let's go f- start with first eight, and then see if there's more that need to go. So you got your you're backing up each spot, right? So you got you got four DBs that are starters, four DBs that are backups. Charvarius Ward, Ambry Thomas is now the guy on the outside with Lenore. So you got to have those three corners, right? Then you got Gibson and Hufanga that are the starters at safety. So that's five. You've got the two backup safeties, which are Brown and Odom. And then you've got your fourth corner, which is Womack. So that's eight. And I don't see any of those eight not making the team for the 49ers. Do you have enough depth at nickel? Do you have enough depth outside corner there? Do you bring a ninth DB and who would that even be? So I have a curveball here, and I don't know if it's going to play out this way, but he did have two missed tackles. And again, one was a big one, right? 75-yard touchdown run. We talked a lot about Kinlaw kind of getting pushed out of there. But Taylor Hawkins, he missed a tackle and definitely contributed to that big 75-yard run. But I also have liked a lot of what I have seen from Hawkins, especially in coverage. 
And I don't know if you've seen this, but after the game, there uh, Hawkins did show up on the injury report. He's got a fractured hand that's going to need surgery. So with Hawkins, if you want to keep him around, he has to make the he has to make the roster first to bring him back. So I have a feeling that's going to be a uh, uh, an IR or a waived with an injury designation. If you get waived, like Taco Charlton got waived with the injury designation, he can still go sign somewhere else. He just can't come. So he can only play on every other team but the 49ers. So that's kind of bad luck for Hawkins because you. it's tough when you have an injury this time of year because you need to make the 53 first or you get stashed. And so I got a feeling Hawkins getting stashed. Yeah, that might be tough. And he might be somebody that you do want to stash. I mean, he's a converted corner from San Diego State. That ended up going to play safety. So we've seen the coverage ability um, mm-hmm. that he has, and he had a really nice third down stop near the goal line. But the missed tackles, maybe there's some things that you still want to continue to work on with him and guy who was on practice squad. But, I mean, we're talking a lot about him this offseason. Did not mention him at all last year. So I think the fact that, you know, he's kind of – it sounds like when you think of development, he's taking strides in the right direction. But, yeah, well, with his injury, I think that makes it a lot easier to just be like, your safeties are Hufunga, Gibson, Brown, and Odom. Hufunga, Gibson, Brown, Odom. But the ninth guy would ideally be Isaiah Oliver. I think I think it is Oliver. I don't think they'll cut bait yet, and they haven't played anybody else at nickel. I think they got a bunch of guys who could play nickel, but I was hoping to see Womack at some nickel in the preseason. Maybe Jalen Brown getting in there, and they didn't show it. So the only other player on this roster – that you would add would be a nickel because Oliver is the only other guy if Lenore is going to be the starter there. So, right. It's Quantas Knight. Quantas Knight as well, but he was playing safety. Yeah. He had played nickel in the past, but I, I would have liked to right. see it. And I think that was an indication that maybe Quantas Knight's not going to make the roster. I like Quantas. Right. I, I, to be honest with you, I, I'd keep Quantas Knight over Oliver, but they didn't, sh- they didn't show any nickel work for him. And so that tells me they're not looking that way for him. And how much guaranteed that. money did they give? Uh, Oliver. I don't know what the guarantees are for Oliver's contract. It wasn't a big contract. It wasn't. I feel like it was like a $3 million contract, $2 million guaranteed, like something along those lines. Okay. And so, that $2 million might be just enough to keep him around as a reserve. Mm-hmm. We saw what we did with Nate Subfield last year where it didn't matter, but I think it might matter a little more. It might be a, a Sudfeld situation where there's guarantees, but then you realize later, oh, those guarantees go away because there's offsets. So if he signs somewhere else, that takes half of it away. So it's two million guaranteed. If he signs one million somewhere, veteran minimum, then one million of those go away. Ooh. Yeah, that could hurt him then because, I mean, a team would come in and say, yeah, we'll pay one million for him to come in and and, and play. Then you only you have to it. spend one million. million. Pay one million dollars. Yeah, veteran. That's, that's why. Basically. Okay, so we're going nine with Oliver there as the final DB. Uh, next, let's talk special teams, kickers, and I think some of the positions on offense are easier. Some of them are a little bit more difficult as we figure out this uh, this final 53 next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers brought to you by the Game Time app. GameTime.co as well. Here's what I love about the Game Time app. Uh, I'm going to see a San Francisco Giants game. I didn't think about or find out I could see the San Francisco Giants game until Friday night, right? It's like, oh, I got the night off. Giants are in town. I'm going to catch a ball game. But I didn't have tickets, right? Uh, So you open up the game time app. Boom. 
forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day and really the time of the event in most cases. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. You can find just about anything. Buying tickets to your favorite sporting events shouldn't be stressful. And with killer deals and last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have at any event, including, yes, 49ers football. Just download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, just create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. Okay, let's go to let's go to special teams here really quick because this is interesting, Croc, with the with the kickers. And we saw the weirdest kicking competition I can remember. I mean, it got overshadowed by the quarterback stuff, but man, uh Moody was nails in practice, picking 60 yarders, gets into the games, and it was all kind of weird. He was missing field goals, he was missing extra points. Missed a he hit the game winner. There was a short kick and it barely went in. If it was a 35 yarder instead of a 33 yarder, might have might have dinged off the upright. So Moody was shaky. Then before the last preseason game, Moody is hurt. And Zane Gonzalez has this great opportunity. He gets hurt in pregame warm-ups. And uh, I think the official so it was a quad for Moody. It is a calf for Gonzalez. Gonzalez is out for weeks, which means he's gone. That's a wave with injury designation all over it. Um, Moody's quad, they think he's kind of day-to-day, week-to-week, hope he's going to be ready, but they got to figure something else out. Um, All that is to say, Croc, that they're going to have to potentially have a second kicker on the roster for week one, but they don't have to have that second kicker on the roster before cut-down day Tuesday. So Moody is safe. Moody's going to make the roster. Wishnowski's going to make the roster at punter. And... Tabor Pepper is the long snapper. So I think special teams actually, even though things there's going to be something else potentially that happens, as far as Tuesday's cut down and making the roster, I think it's simple. It's Moody, Wishnowski, and Pepper as the three special teamers. Yeah. You talked about that being a weird kicker competition. Man. And then we said competition. It was never a competition. It was Moody's job. But I don't know if it was the expectations. I mean, he comes in, he's missing field goals, he's missed an extra point, you know, and it's it's tough when you have these high expectations because drafting a kicker in the third round is the equivalent of drafting a quarterback top five overall, right? It's like, hey, you got a lot of high expectations you have to live up to. He comes in missing kicks right away after having really a stellar camp. I think between both of the kickers, they were very accurate and efficient uh, throughout camp, but he comes in super, you know, the questions start flying all over the place. Like, what is this, man? Where's Robbie Gold? Then the injuries happen. And now you're really like, where's Robbie Gold? So I'm curious to see if the 49ers make that phone call. But is Robbie Gold going to come to a situation where he gets to kick for a few weeks? And then you say, all right, well, bye, Robbie Gold, even though you've never missed a kick in the playoffs for us. You've been excellent for us. You've been a really good pro. But we have this young guy, and we just have to, like, turn your job over to him again. So uh, would he be willing to come into that situation or wait for someone to falter on another team before he signs with the squad? So I'm curious to see what happens with Robbie Gold. I'm not sure it's going to be on the 49ers. You are John Lynch, Croc, and you only get to make one decision, and it is a decision about the 49ers kicker. You can 
stash Moody by putting him on IR before the season, let him hang out all year, and sign Robbie Gold, or your guarantee Robbie Gold's guaranteed to sign somewhere else before the fifty-three man rosters go uh, happen around the league and cut down day happens, and you roll with Moody and whatever scraps are left over at kicker that you sign potentially for a week or two if you need to. Which way do you go? I'm I'm keeping I'm rolling with Moody. And this is why we've already seen what happens when you are one foot in the door, one foot out the door with a guy and how that can kind of ruin the guy's confidence or his placing on the team. So just imagine if, you know, Moody is is here and is like, well, you're kind of banged up. So we're going to start you off on the, you know, the inactive or pup list or whatever for a few weeks so you can heal. But we're going to bring in Robbie Gold, a guy who you potentially were brought in to replace and has been like the best kicker for the 49ers in I don't know how many years. It's really the Trey Lance, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo situation all over again. And it hurt everybody. I bet they love Robbie Gold in that locker room. You can't bring him around. Sign somebody else that doesn't have as much uh, equity built up in the squad that when you are healthy again, you can let go. Like they did with like Joey Sly or whatever his name is, who's actually a starting kicker for a team. I just saw him win out a competition. But nobody cared when he got let go and, and Robbie Gold came back. You have to do something very similar uh, with Jake Moody. So I agree 100% with what you just said. But for the, in this scenario, Croc, Moody would be gone because he would uh, because you put him on IR before. So he doesn't even make the roster. You can't well, I wouldn't put him on IR. That's what I'm saying. So, so, but, but he would be gone for the entire year. You, so basically what I'm saying is you want Robbie gold this year. You want Jake Moody this year. That's the question. And there's like, there's no way. Moody doesn't return. Moody's gone until 2024. You put him on IR. He can't come back. It's over. Well, I wouldn't put him on IR. Because he's hurt and you're worried he's going to miss kicks once he's come, not once he's not hurt. So you bring back one more run of Robbie gold, one year deal. Moody's gone. IR can't come back. Robbie gold is signed for the 53-man roster. I'm going to bring back the guy who's banged up right now. I get what you're saying, though. Like, okay, from the – what Kyle, what would Kyle do? Uh, give me Robbie Gold because I know what I'm going to get in him. But, again, I, I drafted this guy. I invested a third-round pick into this kicker. I have to develop him and, and give him a chance to get his confidence back and make sure that everything is going in the right direction. I'm not going to do that and ruin it by bringing Robbie Gold back, even though I know if I have Robbie Gold – what I say, man, when I saw him trot on the field, I've never been more uh, positive that a guy is going to do his job than Robbie Gold, right? Like, and execute it. But I invested in this young guy. I have to see it through. And I'm going to find out if he's the guy long-term, but I have to give him that chance of going through his ups and downs. You miss some kicks in preseason. Okay. Hey, the season comes. All it's going to take is a couple of kicks for him to be like, oh, okay, I got my swagger back. Okay, let's go. So, even if he, you know, he's, you know, he's going to miss a couple of kicks early on. Hopefully, he doesn't derail our season. Can you get back in the swing of things? And if he can't, then it'll go towards why we say you don't draft kickers because you know only one of them in the last ten years has resigned with the team that drafted them, and that's the tough part. But you, the, the damage is done. You drafted them, so now you got to see it through, and you got to make sure that you don't crush and ruin his confidence by even if it's he's not going to return this year. Oh, we're going to bring in Robbie Gold, and then he's looking and seeing everything Robbie Gold is doing, and then he misses a kick in training camp next year. All of a sudden, I mean, where is his headspace going to be? So this sounds a lot like you saying that the 49ers should have uh, played Trey Lance his rookie year, not Jimmy Garoppolo. 
I think we're past that conversation, but because when you're saying we, all this, I thought you were basically in my mind. If you flip Robbie Gold with Jimmy and you flip Jake Moody with Trey Lance talking about Trey's rookie year, it pretty much all applies, except for Jimmy was already on the roster. I think we had those conversations <laughs> and, and said something along those same lines, yeah, right? Where and I remember when 49 went to the NFC championship game, I said, This is absolutely the worst thing that could have ever happened for Trey Lance. Yeah, and they went to the NFC. Like that's it's great for the team. Robbie Gold would be great for the team. It sucks for the young kid. Yep, sucks for the young guy. Yep. So if you want Moody to be great, you got to roll with him. You got to roll with him. Take the lumps and and watch him improve and 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 you know let his confidence grow. He can't be looking over his shoulder and being like, "Look at that ball head guy who never misses kicks in the playoffs ever." <laughs> okay, um, that is part one of this 49ers 53 man roster decisions projection episode part two we got to figure out the offense and really just nail down exactly what this 53 band roster is going to be and we will do that next time thanks everybody for uh listening to locked on 49ers every single day making us your first listen make sure you are subscribed on youtube and everywhere you get your podcasts